3: and we are coming to you
4: live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not shoot up a Buffalo store over the weekend. Some lunatic jackass did, and as you'd imagine, in the immediate aftermath, the media has been busy blaming everybody but the shooter.
5: The media is a bunch of losers.
4: They really are. We're going to get into that, as well as an announcement from Doctor Fauci that he wouldn't work for Donald Trump if he wins the presidency again. I love how Fauci says it as if it would be his choice.
6: Get him out of here. Get him out.
4: I mean, seriously, that's like me saying, I wouldn't go on a date with Christie Brinkley if she asked. Yeah, odds are the question ain't coming anytime soon. But of course, that clip from the MAGA king himself, and we will get into Trump today because a new report shows that a focus group Spent six months coming up with the term MAGA King in hopes it would boost Biden's poll numbers. You gotta do better than that. 888-788-9910 if you want to help us do better. Uh, You know the rules on the show. Uh, You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a... That is all. Happy Monday, everybody. I just got off the television with the great Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. The clip is posted. It is on the Fox Across America Facebook page. That's where I do all my exclusive messaging with our listeners. So if you're new to the show, if you're new to that page, uh, go be a part of that community we're building. It's Fox Across America on Facebook. Uh, I will be on Fox Business tonight with Dagan McDowell at 5 p.m. And tomorrow night's a big one, man. I'm going to be on Gutfeld. Uh, Greg, our lovable comedy dwarf here at Fox News, uh, is having me do stand-up comedy On his show, and that's quite an honor. It's the first time in the history of the show and the channel uh, that we'll have a live stand-up set right here in New York at 11 o'clock. Pretty cool stuff, so I hope you can check it out. But right now we're not talking comedy. Sadly, we are talking tragedy. In the case of this horrific shooting over the weekend in Buffalo, I'm sure you're kind of up to speed, but it was an 18-year-old dirtbag who opened fire at a Topps-Friendly Market grocery store, killing 10 people. Three others injured in the shooting. Uh, According to Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Gramellia, the suspect, Peyton Gendron, would have started looking for more people to kill had he not been arrested. Uh, Authorities saying 11 of the victims are black while two of them were white. This is, in fact, being treated as a hate crime with Attorney General Merrick Garland saying the DOJ is investing the shooting as a hate crime and an act of racially motivated violent extremism. Now, let's stop right there. Hey, we want this guy prosecuted under the fullest extent of the law. Yes. Charge him with a hate crime. Yes. Hold him accountable. OK, no two ways about it. What we don't want everybody doing is what we're doing is in the aftermath of every one of these hideous shootings, it devolves into an exercise in blaming everybody but the shooter. You know, we'll hear about the NRA. You know, they got blood on their hands. I got to be honest, man. I mean, you can answer for me, but did the NRA kill anybody this weekend? The answer would be no. No, they're, of course, firing some of their contempt Over at right-wing commentators, did right-wing commentators kill anybody this weekend? The answer would be no. You know, they say guns don't kill people, people kill people. Yeah, cable news anchors don't kill people. People kill people. People shoot people, which is why Fox News, if you remember, when a lunatic who was a Bernie Sanders campaign worker shot up a congressional softball field five years ago, nearly killing Steve Scalise— If you remember in the immediate aftermath, he was not only working on Bernie's campaign, but he was a devout viewer who said he loved Rachel Maddow. She's worse than Kamala. A lot of people feel that way. But again, we didn't turn around here at Fox and be like, oh, it's Rachel Maddow's fault. Oh, it's Bernie's fault. But on the Democratic side of town in the immediate aftermath of every one of these tragedies, there's always a rush to politicize them. And to, for lack of a better word, weaponize the crisis. That's their M.O. If there's a crisis, let's jump in and push our agenda. Gas is too expensive. Hey, buy one of our electric cars. Yo, jackass, we don't have money for gas. We don't have money for an electric car. I admire your honesty. I mean, but that's what they do. That's how this thing works. You know, what did the woman say yesterday? Katie Porter from California. I played the clip last week. OK, inflation's really high. This is why we need more abortion.
0: What the hell did you say?
4: I didn't say it. She said it. They're always, always trying to leverage their agenda onto the back of a crisis. This is the Democratic Party's M.O.
1: I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message.
4: And sure enough, OK, sure enough. Many in the media jumping right in. They're pointing to the suspects. He wrote a 180-page manifesto in which he mentioned the Great Replacement Theory. You've got anchors on MSNBC and, of course, CNN telling us, you know, oh, it's Fox News. Oh, it's Tucker Carlson.
6: People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards.
4: On Morning Joe, Ben Collins flat out saying, there are people, I don't think we should be dancing around his name, there are people like Tucker Carlson who are directly trying to preach to these people. Yo, that's embarrassing. That's, it's flat out embarrassing that in this moment, they can't even give the victims their second of dignity, their second of mourning, to try to weaponize this again and again and again. The reason the Democrats think this is cool The reason the Democrats don't think it's shameful or tacky or self-serving to run out and just dive in with their agenda is because the Democrats don't believe in personal responsibility. In their world, everything someone does bad is society's fault. I agree with that. No, no. It's not this guy that went out and shot people. It's the gun manufacturers. Hey, did the gun manufacturers tell him to use his gun this way? The answer would be no. No, no, it's not his reason they shot this way. It's the Fox News anchors. Did the Fox News anchors say, hey, go shoot a bunch of people? The answer would be no. No, but they don't believe in personal responsibility. It's the never-ending mantra of Victor Hood Over victimhood. The Republican Party preaches victorhood. You can do it. It's the greatest country in the world. We could be anything we want to be. The Democratic Party preaches what? You can't do it. The deck is stacked. You'll never get ahead. Democrats are so full of crap. They don't believe your actions are your own. And this is hurting us. Because their insistence on weaponizing their agenda at all costs is oftentimes denying us an opportunity to have a real conversation about why this is happening. Okay, I don't want to get into the whataboutism of hate crimes. But if you understand this lunatic, this dirtbag, a guy who should die in prison or die of an electric chair or, you know, lethal in jail, whatever you could do to the guy. OK, this guy doesn't deserve to be around. There's no defense of this guy. That should be question number one. How do we rid the earth of this dirtbag? OK, that's concern number one. But my concern number two is, and everyone knows this, there's a really massive double standard when it comes to hate crimes, and it is driving a lot of crazy people crazier. An example I would give here is multiple reports say that this shooter had one of the names of the Waukesha parade victims on the barrel of his gun. Okay, if you remember, a black man in Waukesha, Wisconsin, after posting extensively on social media that it was time to rise up and kill white people in the aftermath of the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, he went out. And drove a car through a Waukesha Christmas parade and mowed down 42 people. A black man who said, I want to, it's time to kill white people, runs over 42 white people. And the FBI tells us, yeah, we're not sure the motivation here. Come on, don't bullshit me. But that's what they did. They said, yeah, yeah, no, we don't really know if this is a hate crime, said the Washington Post and the New York Times.
6: That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is
4: garbage. Again, if a black man says it's time to kill white people and runs over 42 of them, whoa, that doesn't really fit the narrative on hate crimes, let's sweep it under the rug. But if a white lunatic, dirtbag, idiot does the same, of course, we need the whole country to stand down for a referendum on white supremacy. Now, again, I want this guy prosecuted to the highest extent of the law, but what I want more than anything else is a standard, a standard way of reacting to this sort of thing because when you have a double standard, you have no standard. Bingo. Okay, this is a guy, and I don't doubt there are other loonies out there that see the one-way street that reporting has become. We're told every day you open up the paper, whites are bad, whites are evil, whites want to do bad stuff. And again, we should all be able to process that without committing a hate crime. But if you're really concerned about fringe lunatics, we should stop poking this bear relentlessly, the bear we call a double standard. Okay, Jim Acosta, he wrote, oh, Fox is done nothing to stop tucker carlson's dangerous rhetoric that's what jim acosta said that was embarrassing it's humiliating because what does tucker do every night tells the truth okay there's an article in the new york times that was published uh in 2018 in response to the democrats losing the georgia gubernatorial race specifically saying yes we can replace all the white people in georgia We just need to be migrating into more Latinos, and we can get them out of there. Okay, Democrats don't like when you call them out on exactly what they're doing. That's considered racist. That's considered horrible. But it's also considered the truth in a lot of ways. And this guy in his manifesto, okay, he did not write like I love Fox News. Uh, I'm doing this for Fox News. But that's not going to stop the media from trying to claim that he did. Because, again, the politics are always more important than the people.
3: He knows what he's talking about.
4: So as we get more details on this shooting and, you know, justice is meted out, I will applaud that. I will be thankful for that. Uh, I do not. Uh, have a sliding scale of what is and, you know, isn't a hate crime, meaning it doesn't need to fit my narrative. If a right-wing lunatic does something, I want them held accountable. If a left-wing lunatic does something, I want them held accountable because what do they both have in common? They're lunatics. They don't belong in our society. But the people who get out of bed looking to score political points on the back of a tragedy aren't concerned with helping society. They're not concerned with helping black Americans. Okay, you got 10 black Americans shot – Okay, you got two white, white, white Americans shot and killed. But what I see them as is people, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, co-workers, whatever the roles they happen to constitute in society. They're not here anymore. Okay, and that's horrific and even more horrific to me, even sadder so is we've got this, you know, unspeakable tragedy and there's so much more, so much more effort being made today to weaponize this strategy, to politicize this strategy than there is to mourn the victims and to make sure it never happens again.
3: And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call yeah. it. This-, this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Big Monday episode of the show. Lisa Booth is coming up. Fox News contributor, somebody I love talking to. Uh, She is, of course, going to weigh in on the Fauci story about him claiming he wouldn't stick around if there's a second Trump administration.
5: He should be behind bars.
4: I've told you this before. I just want to say it again really quickly. If the Republicans win... As we expect them to in the midterms, they take back control of Congress. Fauci is skipping town immediately. That's true. That is true. Because they will investigate him to the moon and back when it comes to gain-of-function research and all of his interactions with the Chinese government in terms of him and the World Health Organization doing China's bidding in actively telling us, no, COVID can't spread from person to person. They told us that for a month while China knew it was spreading from person to person. And Fauci has been complicit in a lot of that stuff, including flip-flopping on masks every Tuesday and Thursday if the political science changed before the science actually did. So we'll get into that with Lisa Booth because she is no fan of Dr. Fauci.
5: Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt.
4: He really is. Uh, John Garcia, though, in the meantime, he is the Erie County Sheriff. He is dealing with this unspeakable shooting, uh, this tragedy up in Buffalo, New York, and I wanted to play his clip specifically because he makes a point here that I try to make a lot if I'm ever on TV or radio in the aftermath of one of these heinous acts, which is that on some level, I feel like we, in a weird, perverse way, as a society, we give so much attention— to these shooters and who they are in the aftermath of one of these killings, that I feel like on some small scale we incentivize this sort of thing. You're some fringe loser hanging out God knows where, you know, making threats against the school as this guy did, you know, seeing other people commit crimes like this and becoming famous for it. Now, again, not the good kind of fame, but we live in an era where there's no shame in society anymore. People want the attention more than they want the dignity. So in getting out there and, you know, in a weird, perverse way, almost rewarding these people with notoriety in the aftermath of one of these heinous killings, I feel like the media plays a role in kind of, you know, showing the next guy, hey, look what could happen. It's, it's bad. But John Garcia, to his credit, says we shouldn't use this guy's name. Here it is, clip 15.
0: I just want to say that on behalf of myself, our office and the residents of Erie County, our condolences go out to the victims. The families and the entire community. I'm not going to mention this individual by name. He doesn't deserve that. We should never mention his name. As far as we're concerned, um, he is uh, inmate control number one five seven one zero three. I could confer. I, I could could uh, uh, state this that he is in our custody. He will remain in our custody until further notice uh, because of his actions yesterday. Um, taking the assault rifle and putting it under his chin. He's on suicide watch.
4: Okay, so this dirtbag is on suicide watch. And, you know, if he were to kill himself, i got to be honest with you, I'd consider it to be addition by subtraction. mundo. Total loser. Uh, The role we can all play, and I regret it because I have said his name on the air, this dirtbag shooter, and I try not to. Um, Every time one of these happens, unfortunately, you don't want to give them the notoriety. You know, but it's a sick thing about our society. You could be sitting home right now writing a song as good as anything Paul McCartney and John Lennon banged out in their heyday, and you might die without anyone ever knowing your name. But if you walk into a mall and shoot at a few people, you know, your name's all over the news. It's a bad incentive structure. And believe me, I'm not saying, again, it's the media's fault because we have to hold the individual accountable. But it's one of the biggest problems facing our society. And I make this point a lot as a guy who was a really, really, really broke cab driver who just worked his ass off and did stand-up and drove a cab and, you know, threw a few fortuitous bounces of the ball and, you know, 20 years of (laughs) – I mean, when I say I had the fight to get here, like I actually had the fight to get here, like people punching you in the head in your cab and all kinds of wild stuff that goes on the way up in showbiz. Uh, I can tell you that personal responsibility and individual level of accountability and self-reliance is the difference maker in our society. And we can't sit here in the aftermath of one of these killings and decide it's my fault because of where I work or their folks. Or where they, no, no, no. It's, it's the guy's fault. It's not the NRA's fault. It's not the NRA's fault. Okay, and all of these gun laws, the guy legally bought the guns. It sounds like he modified the gun illegally. But again and again and again, it's the guy. It's not the manufacturer. It's not the news. Now na- It's the guy. And we can pretend, because it makes ourselves feel better in the aftermath of one of these shootings, you feel so helpless. You don't feel like there's anything you can do. So there's a lot of people on Twitter just yelling about the right wing and, you know, because it makes them feel better about themselves, makes them feel like they're making some kind of a difference, you know. But unfortunately, you know, if you're yelling (laughs) about anybody but the individual who did this, you, my friend, are absolutely positively part of the problem. We will not do that on this show, but we will talk MAGA after this because Biden's getting even more desperate. Watch out.
8: His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you're subscribed to the podcast, like, subscribe, and
7: share. It's the children's classic that's making movies great again. Donald Trump stars in The Mega King. Hello, everyone. The king has returned. The president of the United States is completely nuts. We owe these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by it go, you know the the thing. You don't even know who you are. And only one man can save us now. The great great MAGA MAGA King. king. Can the king help Joe Biden find his marbles? Or will he lose his way against the Russian kleptocracy? Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy, the guys who are the kleptocracies. (laughs) Lie down before you hurt yourself. The Mega King, starring Donald Trump. I'm really rich. And Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Now playing in... Mexico, Japan, China. I love China. And coming soon to... Puerto Rico. We love Puerto Rico.
4: There it is, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. You heard a lot. About the great MAGA king last week because there was an internal calculation by the Biden administration. They basically said to themselves, hey, look, we can't change anything between now and the midterms. So let's just try to horrify people into voting for us by reminding them that Trump is going to get us all killed. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Never mind that none of the problems we're experiencing right now happened under Donald Trump. We didn't have a 40-year high in inflation under Donald Trump. We didn't have a wide-open border that led to an all-time high in fentanyl overdose deaths under Donald Trump. We didn't have unaffordable gas under Donald Trump. It was $2 a gallon lower. And you know what else we didn't have under Donald Trump? A shortage of baby formula. Oh! Yo, we're out of baby formula. In the richest country of the world, in the world, we have babies that can't get their formula. Jen Saki, if you remember, she left the White House for the final time this past Friday. Saki sucks.
5: Kaylee was so much better.
4: But she managed to tell a few more lies along the way. One of the big ones, and I just find this so funny, man, is this MAGA king crap. The king of MAGA. Ultra MAGA. I can't believe it's not MAGA. You know... She tried claiming with a straight face, with a straight face, that Biden came up with the nickname MAGA King. That is a fact check false. And how can I make that claim? Are you ready? Wow. A woke think tank reportedly spent six months coming up with the phrase ultra MAGA. According to the Washington Post, Staffers at the Liberal Center for American Progress Action Fund developed the phrase. This was a woke think tank that invested six months in coming up with the phrase. Everything woke turns to number one. Number two like, who with a straight face asks to get paid? after coming up with something that stupid because it backfired spectacularly and Trump and the, and the Republican crowd are embracing the term ultra-MAGA. <laughs> Believe me, any MAGA sounds good, juxtaposed against a 40-year high in inflation, a porous border, a 32-year spike in the murder rate, okay, unaffordable gas, unattainable baby food. I mean, yo, the country has never been worse in our lifetime than it is right now, ever. It's never been worse. Never been worse in all of my years on this earth than it is right now under Joe Biden. Think about that. Biden sucks. Okay, and their response was, well, we'll spend a bunch of money on a focus group. They'll give us a term. We can use the term, and that'll get us a bunch of votes because people will get mad at Trump. (laughs) I said this to Harris Faulkner on Friday. I was on with the Queen of Daytime, and I said, you know, Mobilizing voters along the lines of, hey, vote for me just because you hate those people, doesn't work anymore. It was an actual viable strategy under Trump because the world was doing well, because the country was doing well. That's the truth. We had manufactured adversity under Trump. What did we fight over for four years? Trump's a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. (laughs) But we fought over a pretend problem. It was manufactured adversity by the Democrats. That's what they did, and people were willing to buy in. People had time in their life for manufactured adversity. Trump slandered veterans on Veterans Day. 23 people in that room went on record as saying he never slandered the veterans. But the Atlantic ran the story anyway with no on-record sources. You can't handle the truth. No, they can't. Okay, but again, it was manufactured adversity people ran on. The problem is when you're dealing with real adversity, like I said, low-income Americans, people living on fixed incomes, are getting smoked right now. If you've got a baby right now that needs formula, a baby with an allergy that needs specific formula, you got a real big problem on your hands right now. And according to Jen Saki, what did she say? Ah, uh, you know, don't worry. We're going to have the stalls shelved. We're going to have the shelves stocked in the coming weeks. This is clip five. Oh, clip five.
2: We are working on every lever here to expedite uh, addressing this uh, and to ensure that when people go, when mothers go to the grocery stores in the coming weeks, that, that they will see uh, the, the uh, shelf stocked. Uh, get her out.
4: So that's the message. Understand, that's the message. If your baby is starving, no, no, we're going to have the shelves stocked in the coming weeks. Don't worry about it. Imagine that. Your baby is starving. No, no, we'll handle it in a couple of weeks. Imagine calling the fire department. Hey, the house is on fire. No, we're going to be there in a couple of weeks. You'll see. Wait, what? It's on fire now. There's a problem now. But the reason we got into this position traditional politicians. And there could be a case made by the Biden administration that we should never elect a traditional politician again. Seriously, who's out there that's a billionaire in this country that's kind of wealthy that wants to run? Not Jeff Bezos. He's a supervillain and he's a partisan shill. Not Mark Zuckerberg because you have to be a living person to run. He's a robot. If the charger doesn't work, now we got no president. But anybody else out there that's an outsider that wants to run? Yo, run. You can't have a traditional D.C. person in there anymore, ever again. And I think that was the lesson in the transition from Trump to Biden. Yes, Trump, it was ugly. Trump threw a lot of pitches that were nowhere near the strike zone.
8: Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
4: But he knew to prioritize what we prioritize. Okay, you need a job. You need a safe path to the store so you can go spend money on goods. You dig? You need to border that secure so the people around you aren't overdosing when they do recreational drugs. You need to support police. You need your NATO allies to pay their fair share. And oh, by the way, you don't need to send $50 billion in cash assets to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. That's stupid.
5: Use your common sense.
4: But that's what Barack Obama did. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, a case could be made after watching Biden. You should never have a traditional politician be president again. You just shouldn't. Because they're so much more concerned with the perception than the reality. It's not the reality is, hey, we got a problem. But the perception is, well, how do we convince people it's not a problem? And once it comes time to accept that it is, rather than solving it, let's throw all of our effort behind blaming somebody for it. That's what they do. I mean, if you followed inflation, inflation wasn't a problem. Now it's not a problem. What are you talking about? It's not a problem, not a crisis? Till they acknowledge that it is a crisis and they say, oh, it's transitory. It won't be here for long. And then when it's here for long, they say MAGA. It's like the border. No, the border's not a crisis. You put a quarter in the swear jar. It's not a crisis. Then a few months go by. All right. It's a crisis, but it's seasonal. It's going away. It won't be here for long. Now, here you are a year and a half later. MAGA. That's what they do. They're doing the same thing with baby formula. We went from, oh, this isn't an issue. Joe Biden said, you know, if we would have been mind readers, we wouldn't have had this issue. Here is clip one.
0: If we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have. But we moved as quickly as the problem became apparent to us. And we have to move with caution as well as speed. Because we got to make sure what we're getting is, in fact, first-rate product. That's why the FDA has to go through the process.
7: You were lying your ass off.
4: Oh, we should have been mind readers. Here's Brian Deese on CNN. He's your NAC director, flat out saying they knew the shortages were there in February. It's clip nine.
8: Well, as a, as a, um, uh, as a parent and with friends and, and colleagues, it was, we uh, was aware that, that people were starting to have uh, trouble uh, in stores. Uh, But we were aware of this uh, from when uh, the FDA had to take its action back in February uh, with uh, Abbott and with uh, the steps in the Michigan facility. And we have had a team on this uh, from the FDA and in the interagency process since then. And the steps that I mentioned are steps that have been taken over the course of multiple weeks. And we are ramping those up.
4: So essentially, they knew back in February. They knew that back in February Did Joe Biden do anything? Did Joe Biden have a plan? The answer would be no. If you don't believe me, ask Elise Stefanik. Here she is, clip 10.
2: When I reached out in February from my office to the FDA, we received no substantive response. Joe Biden simply has no plan.
4: Come on, man. No, dude. Okay, there is no plan. Babies are starving, and you're worried about blaming corporations and big MAGA. Listen to Pete Buttigieg. This is clip three. Fundamentally. We are here
8: because a company was not able to guarantee that its plant was safe, and that plant has shut down.
1: But that is the federal government's job as regulators to
9: help ensure.
1: As regulators, yes, but let's
8: be very clear: this is a capitalist country. The government does not make baby formula, nor should it. Mm -hmm. Companies make formula, and one of those companies, a company which, by the way, seems to have 40 percent market share, messed up, and is unable to confirm that a plant, a major plant, is safe and free of contamination. So the most important thing to do right now, of course, is to get that plant in Michigan up and running safely.
4: Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. I mean, what a loser, because it's the government that has slandered this company. Abbott, if you know, tweeted on Friday a rebuke of Gensaki's claim that babies have died from taking their formula. In fact, that is not true. But the bureaucratic boot that's on the regulatory necks of businesses like Abbott is why the plant isn't open. The government is holding back this plant. At a time when we're now faced with a shortage in baby food, the government is more concerned with blaming somebody for that shortage than they are with feeding the kids. Yo, that's disgusting. I'm not talking to you about one political side or the other. There's no side that's allowed to do this that makes it okay. This is disgusting. Okay, but the biggest lie we heard last week, really quick, was from Jen Psaki on her way out the door. She's talked to the Christian Science Monitor, and with a straight face, with a straight face, she said, No, no, Biden, he's just, you know, he's so spontaneous. He's so creative. Biden came up with the MAGA King nickname. It's clip six.
2: And I think the contrast is something the president has obviously had a good time doing. People have asked, where did he come up with Ultra MAGA? Where did he come up with what did he call it, President Trump? Big Big MAGA? I don't know, some, the King of MAGA? This is all. He he is he is having a, a good time being out drawing the contrast, and I think you will see many much more of that and, and that I think will be helpful in sharpening for the public what the choices are.
4: Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. And that was one of Saki's parting shots. She got out there and lied to our faces one more time. Yo, Joe Biden paid a Washington think tank to come up with the phrase ultra MAGA. Okay, that was a Washington think tank. That was absolutely dreadful. Okay, straight up. Okay, it was the Center for American Progress Action Fund. They got six months. This is according to The Washington Post. It's not exactly MAGA monthly. okay? but they got a six month window to come up with a consulting, some advice on how to fix Joe Biden's wagon, how to get him back on track. They're like, I've got it. We'll remind people of Donald Trump. The problem is everything was better under Donald Trump. When you're right, you're right. You're right. That's the issue. So saying, oh, he's MAGA. Your MAGA ain't going to do it, dude. The babies are hungry. You're going to need more than a nickname. You can't feed babies nicknames. You got to feed them formula. Okay, and Jen Psaki, she's a mom. She should know that. But that's just like another note in her list of disgraceful things she uttered at that podium. Joe Biden didn't come up with the phrase ultra MAGA or the king of MAGA. Joe Biden reads whatever in the prompter or he doesn't get his pudding cup. I'm
9: Kamala Harris and I approve this message.
4: He's not coming up with anything. Joe Biden. Nothing. Joe Biden is not allowed to say anything of his own volition except, hey, can somebody change my diaper? And Jen Saki knows that, which makes it fitting that she worked in one more lie before she skipped town.
5: Saki told lies all the time, covered up for hunters' crimes. Biden is a man who's lost all his marbles. We know he ain't right. And Jen was there to Cover for him every day Make each crisis seem okay She's so dead inside Her soul was so empty Then she realized TV would pay plenty Oh sake Well you came and you lied to our faces Got a giant payday oh socky. Well you covered for Biden's disgraces. Now you're going away, oh Socky.
3: You're hanging out with Jimmy Phaela on Fox Across America.
4: Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day in the show today. Lisa Boots coming up. Will Kane is coming up. Fox and Friends weekend co-host, contributor. You see him all over the channel. Big sports guy. Somebody I love talking to uh, on the days he is willing to dumb it down so I can keep up with his brilliance. You know me. A few people have done more with less. (laughs) than your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. But even I'm smart enough to know that what Pete Buttigieg was saying yesterday on Face the Nation was just straight garbage. So here's one more Buttigieg exchange. He's being questioned about why it's taken so long for this administration to respond to the crisis. Understand that they knew in September, there was a whistleblower in September who said we're going to have a major crisis on our hands as it pertains to baby formula. Okay, that was back in September. Okay, it's now May. Did Biden hatch a plan? The answer would be no. But Pete Booty, judge, did put on his tap dancing shoes and try to get out of this. This is clip two.
1: I know the president said more actions coming, but this has been ongoing for months. There were supply chain issues already. Then you have the issue with this one plant, Abbott. Um, whistleblower in September, February, the recall. It's May. Why has it taken so
0: long? The
8: administration acted from day one after the recall, taking steps like creating more flexibility for the WIC program. There are more actions that are underway, including
4: looking at imports. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary- yourself. No, the administration, they took, active, they took steps from day one. You're not telling me the truth. Yo, if they took steps from day one, day one. Okay, we're not in this situation which is why it's so laughable. I keep playing you this montage. Remember when Biden got, you know, back into the White House? He talked about, oh, the media was like, the adults are back in the room.
2: Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room.
4: It it seems as though we have a, a professional adult once again in the White House Who's just simply doing the work. Really,
7: the the theme, I would say, is the adults are back.
2: Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge.
4: Yeah, the adults are in charge. Unfortunately, they forgot to bring baby food uh, for the kids. So shameful.
3: Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, here we go. Here we
4: go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Fired up! In this hour, we're going to be hanging with Lisa Booth, a Fox News contributor, a brilliant analyst at that. She will be responding... To the words of Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was on CNN over the weekend. CNN is the worst. Well, Fauci's right up there with him and said with a straight face that if it were uh, a Trump presidency, were to have a sequel, if Trump were to pull a Grover Cleveland and become the first president or the second president in this instance to serve two non-concurrent terms, Dr. Fauci says he would not serve under Donald Trump. Why the clown noise, Jimbo? Because let's be very clear, there is no world, there is no world where Dr. Fauci would be welcome to serve under Donald Trump. In fact, if the Republicans take back the Senate and the House in the midterms, which everybody expects them to do, Fauci is leaving town immediately.
3: Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right.
4: Okay, understand this. Okay, if they have control of the Senate or the House, this dude is getting thrown out if he doesn't retire. They're going to open investigations into gain-of-function research. They're going to look into his connections You know, with funding this sort of thing in a Wu-Ton lab, if you remember the whole story about funding the experimentation on Dalmatians. What the
0: hell did you just say?
4: I didn't say it, but there are a lot of, a lot of concerns about Fauci's dealings, okay, as the highest paid bureaucrat in our government in a position he has held since nineteen eighty-four. Fauci was getting away with a lot of chicanery. Okay, and let's not act like when he was operating outside of his, you know, back room, funding stuff in a lab, serving as a go-between between, you know, the World Health Organization and China. Let's act, not act like he was the picture of consistency when it came to issuing guidance from a public health standpoint. People should not be walking around with masks.
6: Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And Masks are protective. and we But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has n- not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside (laughs) there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community... You want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at, at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever
4: met. I mean, really, Fauci. You are a sad, strange little man. Okay, when it came to guidance, understand that Dr. Fauci, he's just been terrible. Public health initiatives, you understand, are for 330 million people. When you call audibles constantly, it takes a while for 330 million people to get your message. But when you call an audible every time the political science changes, you lose people along the way. Like here's Fauci on mandates just a few weeks before the vaccines became a thing. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out?
6: No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. You suck,
7: you jackass.
4: Really think about that. No, 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 we wouldn't have a mandate. You wouldn't do that. It's unenforceable. We've never done that. It's not the government's role to tell people what to put in their bodies. And then here he is a few weeks later saying, get the mandate or you're fired. You shut your mouth, you bastard. No different than masks. You shouldn't wear a mask. Masks don't help. They don't do you any good. Don't wear a mask. Your kids shouldn't wear a mask. Why would anyone wear a mask? A few weeks later, hey, you better put a mask on or else. Gotta have a mask. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. A lot of people feel that way. Now, the Republicans in Congress are taking it a step further. They want to legally pursue this man if, in fact, they take back the Senate and the House and have impeachment power over Fauci, which is why he would leave immediately, immediately, okay, if, in fact... The Republicans do what we expect them to do in the midterms, which is just kick the Democrats ass up and down the coast. Oh, I'm in trouble. Yo, Biden, understand this. Biden is polling at about thirty one percent with independence. OK, when you're polling at thirty one percent with independence, that means you're polling that way with everybody except some Democrats who voted for you and just don't want to admit that you suck. Tell him like it is. That's reality. If he's at 31% with independents, 31% with everybody. Biden is, by and large, he is the worst president we've ever seen. I agree with that. Okay. Dr. Fauci, in terms of his administrative capacity, right there with him. I agree with that. Like, there is this discussion, uh, you know, Republicans are going to get rid of him because of his criminal dealings. And I got to be honest, there may have been some. I don't have the answer there, but I know they're going to look into him. But Fauci, he knows that's a thing. And this is him telling Jim Acosta, oh, I wouldn't serve under Trump. First of all, like, that's an option. This is like me being like, oh, I'm not going to go out on a date with Beyonce. Gee, thanks, Jimmy. She was never going to ask. Yo, Fauci, Trump was never going to ask. But here it is, clip 20.
7: If Trump were to
0: return to the White House as president, um, and COVID is still a threat, or there's some other public health emergency, would you have confidence in his ability uh, would you have confidence in his ability to deal with the, the a pandemic of, of this
6: nature? Would you want to stay on in your post? Uh, well, no. To the second <laughs> uh, question. Uh, the, <laughs> the first question. I think is, I knew the answer. Know, it, uh, but I had to ask. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> um, if, if you look at the history of what the response was during the administration, I think, you know, at best you could say it wasn't optimal.
4: I mean, Fauci, you're a loser. Did you see that? And did you hear Jim Jim Acosta? Jim Acosta leading the witness with his line of questioning, which is what he was famous for doing at the White House podium. You know, if Trump were to return to the White House, would you have confidence in his ability to deal with a pandemic of this nature? That's the question. Yo, Jim Acosta. Woo. Here's one for you. Would you have confidence in Trump's ability to deal with the pandemic? I got to be honest. You should have a lot more confidence in Trump's ability than you do Joe Biden's. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When You're right. You're right. You're right. Think about it. Joe Biden famously ran for office saying what? Well, saying first and foremost that the vaccine didn't work and he would never take it. Let's
2: just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us
0: if and when the vaccine comes. And it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot?
4: Think about that. This is politics as usual. Biden ran for office with him and Kamala telling you it's not going to go through the proper trials. It's not any good. Why would anyone take this shot? That's what he did. And then the minute he got into office, not even into office, when he was president-elect, he got vaccinated on national TV. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. OK, he's been vaxxed and he also got boosted on national TV. I don't remember that ever happening. But again, it did. OK, but understand, what's the contrast that Jim Acosta is trying to draw here out of Fauci? Hey, Trump was so bad with COVID. How could you possibly serve under this guy again? Understand, Joe Biden ran for president and said what? Any man who presides over as many deaths as Donald Trump, doesn't deserve to be president. Well, lo and behold, Joe Biden has presided over literally twice as many deaths from COVID as Donald Trump. Oh, wow. Think about that. But we're concerned with Trump's handling of COVID? This is the part of our politics that I'm telling you is so stupid. We're never discussing the truth. We're discussing the narrative we hope to weaponize in hopes of hurting our political others, our ideological opposites. That's the priority in this country. That's why the country, if you look out at America right now, yo, America is really – It's bad, dude. We don't have baby food. The border's out of control. Inflation's at a 40-year high. You can't afford gas, and there's a 32% national spike in murders. Okay, that's really bad. All of those things are really bad. And what's Jim Acosta doing on TV? Oh, good thing Trump isn't here. Not even close. Really think about that. But that's the conversation they're trying to have instead of the honest conversation. Okay, Fauci, any American, I'm not running the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. I personally don't even think he's going to run in 2024. I really don't think he's going to run. I don't even think he's going to run. Okay, so understand, I'm not here like some Trump shill looking out for the Trump man at Mar-a-Lago. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to go see Melania. She's a fox. I mean, man. But I don't care. I'm not here to shill for one guy or one party. But if we were having, the, you know, an honest discussion, everyone on Earth would be thrilled if you had Trump handling COVID as opposed to Biden, because Biden's COVID response has been horrific, horrific. Yo, he has twice as many deaths as Trump does. Twice as many, despite inheriting not one, not two, but three vaccines and a lot more data On who is affected by COVID. Under Trump, we were building the plane as we flew it. Yes, his messaging was often terrible, but his leadership, he's the guy that got you the vaccine. They're now the same people. The same people who told you they wouldn't take it are now telling you you're fired if you don't take it. That's just how white folks will do you. So if we're being honest, okay, Biden's COVID handling is exponentially worse than Trump's. OK, and the one thing they both have in common, though, if you want to draw a thread is Dr. Fauci and Fauci won't be here if Trump wins in re-election if he does run. OK, and it's not even because of alleged criminal activity and Republicans want to investigate him. It's because he sucks at the gig.
5: going find myself in times of COVID, Dr. Fauci's on TV, sparking mass confusion, CDC. And in two years of the lockdowns, he has screwed us over royally. All the rules keep changing, CDC, CDC, CDC. And found cheap No clue what they're doing CDC And when the vaccinated people Masking up in stores agree None of this is science CDC For though they may be boosted There is still a chance They'll infect me What's the point of mandates? CDC, 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 CDC? please get Dr. Fauci off TV. CDC, 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 CDC. and Fauci fire all these morons. CDC.
3: Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back.
4: So my city, New York City, is a dump. I tell you all the time, it's the world's largest outdoor restroom for all intents and purposes. It's disgusting. And our mayor, Eric Adams, who's been hanging out on the party circuit, not doing a lot to fight crime. But where there's a Democratic straw man argument to fight, he'll be there. You know, they have people convinced abortion's going away. Abortion's not going anywhere. If they repeal Roe, it goes back to the states. If you live in a blue state, they're going to have abortions. Okay, they're going to have abortions awfully late into the pregnancy. According to Eric Adams, he's fine with no limits at all. Listen to this crap. It's clip 28.
2: Do you think there should
4: be any limitation on abortions? Uh, no, I do not.
2: non day of birth,
7: totally fine? Uh, no, I do not think. I think women should have a right to choose their bodies. Men should not have that right to choose how women should treat their bodies.
4: You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, really think about that. That is disgusting. No limits on abortion whatsoever. Yo, that's disgusting. That's murder. That's not abortion. It's murder. That's infanticide. But that's where the Democrats have taken this thing. Okay, it's infanticide. And understand the lie they keep telling about abortions going away. Abortion's not going anywhere. Okay, if they send it back to the states, a lot of red states are going to ban it. Okay, with exceptions to rape and incest. Okay, a lot of blue states are going to do what Eric Adams just said, which is anything goes. Which is why it's insanity. Okay, when I hear people whining about, oh, I'm going to have to drive to another state to get an abortion. I can't imagine having the nerve to say that. Like, yo, you're getting away with murder. The least you could do is pay a couple of tolls, have the decency to throw the state 1850 since they're letting you get away with murder. I mean, it's outrageous. But here is the governor of Colorado, Jared Polis, that jackass, talking to the great Shannon Bream, saying he'd allow abortion right up to birth. Clip 23.
9: Is there a limit on abortion up through nine months in Colorado?
8: Uh, It's the same as it has been the last several decades. Uh, People face gut-wrenching decisions every day, uh, whether it's rape or incest, often having to choose between the life of the mother or child. For the government to insert itself in that conversation between a doctor and a woman, uh, a faith leader uh, and a woman, is is simply wrong. Uh, I think we need to approach this a different way. I think there's a lot of common ground around reducing unwanted pregnancies, uh, empowering uh, women and men with birth control, and really generating a culture of responsibility. Uh, b- about what it means to be a parent
9: okay and i will take that as uh, a yes that there is an option for abortion up to birth
3: yep garbage like you just makes me sick
4: an option for abortion up to birth
3: what the hell is the world coming
4: to understand i just want you to understand this we're going to talk about it with lisa booth next we're going to get into some Fauci stuff going into some abortion stuff the left wants you to believe That you're the radical. Oh, the people who oppose us, the radicals, the radical white, the right, the MAGA crowd, the ultra MAGA crowd, the guy who just said. I just played you two guys. Democratic mayor. I mean, Eric Adams is an actual stupid person. Like he's the mayor, you know, um, because he's an idiot. New York is an idiot. They vote Democrat no matter what happens. I mean, they elected Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio, who's pulling behind ISIS when he ran for president, managed to become the mayor of New York, mainly because Anthony Weiner couldn't stop sending pictures of his junk to women on Twitter.
0: Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible.
4: But the point is. Okay, these are two Democratic leaders echoing the sentiments of all Democratic leaders in that there should be no limitations on abortion, no matter how late into the pregnancy we go. Yo, that doesn't make you the extremist for opposing them. It makes them the extremist. And you need to be louder about that because these people are disgusting. I think he's got a point. Wow, the band is fired up, the house band, and they should be fired up because we love this next guest. It's a superstar Fox News contributor. She's got an outrageous podcast. Uh, I always love talking to her, but I'm in a little bit of a pickle today because we've been really bagging on Dr. Fauci for the last half hour, and she, of course, is a huge fan of Dr. (laughs) Fauci, so I don't know how it's going to go. Lisa Booth's here. Hey, Lisa Booth.
1: Jimmy, you know what I really appreciate about him?
4: hmm his height. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Uh, uh, it is. It is interesting that we're being led by a man uh, who can't go on the rides at Six Flags. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs>
2: yes.
5: Yes.
4: Yes. So funny. Uh,
1: maybe. Maybe. Maybe he. Maybe it's. Uh, you know, Napoleon syndrome or something. He feels like he has to compensate it by being a dictator and trying to to rule us. So it's fascinating. maybe it's a psychological thing.
4: Yeah, there's some weird thing going on there. I and I we have so much to get to today, but I really I wanted to deal you in on this conversation I was having because like when Fauci says, "Oh, if Trump gets elected again, I wouldn't serve under Trump." There was no world. There was no world where he was getting that invite.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. I mean, it's easier to you know lay that groundwork than obviously to get fired in an embarrassing fashion. But what he should be more concerned about is when Republicans hopefully take over the House and the Senate and they investigate him and they go after him, trying to get to the bottom of what he knew and when he knew it about the origins of the coronavirus and his role and funding gain of function Mm -hmm. as well and then also i believe that congress needs to take a hard uh, look at dismantling the nih and the role that people like dr fauci have because he has way too much influence in the scientific community and one thing i've learned through various interviews with my podcast the truth of lisa booth with people like dr atlas or even with senator rand paul is Dr. Fauci at the NIH controls so much grants, so much funding for the scientific community, so no one wants to cross them. Mm-hmm. And then you look at what happened to the people who did cross them, who, who spoke up against things like lockdowns, which were devastating for the country, did nothing to, to save people. You look at people like Jay Batatario. You mm-hmm. look at the great Barrington founders. And he, there, there are emails uh, that have been you know, discovered through FOIA requests. That he worked with uh, Anthony Collins to try to smear these people, to go to reporters and destroy these people for daring to speak up against King Fauci.
4: Oh, it's sick. Uh, Lisa Booth is on the line. She hosts The Truth with Lisa Booth. She is telling the truth with Dr. Fauci. And what I'm so fascinated by is, you know, the the lead up to Fauci being asked that question yesterday. And this is a familiar refrain amongst Democrats. What I'm fascinated by is like I always say that we're living in the death of shame. Like people don't feel shame anymore Um, and they're willing to look into a TV camera after getting hair and makeup and say anything if they think it reflects well on their side. Yesterday was a good example of that, because what Acosta was saying to Fauci was, hey, would you be concerned about Trump's ability to handle a pandemic so much so that you couldn't come back? Like if we were having an honest conversation about covid. Uh, Trump was exponentially better than Biden, if for no other reason than Biden has seen twice as many COVID deaths as Trump did. And Biden came into town with three vaccines after bashing it on the campaign trail. He rides into office with three vaccines, sees twice as much death. Uh, You can tell me maybe his messaging might have slightly been more disciplined than Trump's, but his results are exponentially worse. No. No.
1: Well, I think the economy would be much stronger right now Mm -hmm. if it was President Trump. We wouldn't see the problems with inflation and the pain that Americans uh, have been suffering under. I mean, look, I I, I would have preferred if if President Trump had never had shut down the economy, if Mm -hmm. we had not done the 15 days to slow the spread. I mean, you have to give some deference for the fact that, you know, none of us really knew what was going on at the time. But, you know, beyond that, maybe getting rid of people like Dr. Fauci. But, you know. Look, I, I think with the vaccines, it was important to try to bring them to market. However, we should have never given immunity to the vaccine manufacturers mm-hmm. uh, or you know, set up this environment, which isn't Trump's fault. This is the Biden administration and the left, but mm-hmm. setting up this environment where they were pushing to punish people who decided not to get a vaccine that wasn't in their best interest and that hasn't really been fully fledged out in terms of uh, the research. You know, most vaccines have five to 10 years of safety data. This is less than a year. Uh, you know, and so that wasn't you know, Trump's fault. He was just trying to get it to market. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you look at some of the evilness of Fauci and the left of just trying to push this on people, regardless if, if they need it or not.
4: Yeah, it's a racket. And we're talking to the great Lisa Booth. What's fascinating about it, though, is the people who pushed it, whether they needed it or whether you needed it or not, are now finally back to the my body, my choice mantra that seemed to <laughs> elude them. Isn't it so funny how shamefully transactional this is?
1: Well, it's also like, okay, yeah, when I didn't get the vaccine, that was my body, my choice, mm-hmm. because getting the vaccine is not in the interest of public health because everyone can get COVID, regardless if you're vaccinated or not. It truly is a personal health decision and one that I didn't need. So I made that decision for myself. But when you look at, you know, now, you know, all these, all these leftists are saying, oh, my body, my choice. No, it's not your body. It's not your choice. We're talking about another life involved as well. Mm-hmm. And so that argument actually doesn't work for the left in this particular instance. And it's also like, I have a hard time really buying in to anything they say at this point when we just got through them telling us that like men can give birth and like women aren't women and, and they can't even really like describe what a woman is these days yeah. and we're birthing people. <laughs> and then, you know, so it's like, it gets a little confusing. And so I, I think the response from Republicans Should just be, you know, I I think Matt Walsh with uh, the Daily Wire has got, like, a new movie coming out. But I think this is the right approach of asking them, what is a woman? Then you define it. And then we'll have the conversation, you know, (laughs) and they can't because they're crazy.
4: So does this mean you're not going down to Disney to ride Snow White and the Seven Genders?
1: You know, (laughs) no. I've actually never – I don't really like – it. I think we talked about this last time I was on. I I think Disney World is, like, way overrated, (laughs) way too expensive. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, now they're basically trying to indoctrinate young children with LGBTQ stuff instead of just allowing them to be children and Mm -hmm. enjoying their lives. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, now I'm even less of a fan.
4: (laughs) Yeah, no, I dig that. This is where there's a fork in the road between you and me. As a kid, the the only reason I did appreciate Disney is because the rides were fixed in one place. What I mean by that is I grew up in one of those houses where my mom always took me to those carnivals where, like, every ride could turn into a van and drive away if a kid flew off and landed in the park. Parking lot, you know those carnivals I'm talking about with the Ferris wheel is also a tractor trailer if they just hit a button. Those are fun though. <laughs> There's something about knowing I you might die it. at any moment. No, you're right though. You're right. So- Go
1: ahead. You know what? So I went I went in college uh to like one of the fairs with a friend of mine oh. and this guy was like hitting on us and I think he was like a carny because he was asking us, he was do, do you have come here often, do you follow the fair? <laughs> and we were like, No, we don't <laughs> you know? oh, that's funny. But it, yeah, so yeah, my life could have looked a lot different, Jimmy. I could have been
4: yeah.
1: a carny just going from carnival to carnival, or maybe married with some children. Yeah. Uh Maybe some jugglers. I don't
4: know. It's it's so funny but that you had, you had an option to be a carny. Instead, you're on cable news. You chose the far less respected gig. <laughs> a
1: big mistake, right? You could've I could have been something. <laughs> I could have been, yeah. you know been, you know? You could have
4: been, uh, been working yeah. the scrambler and smoking meth with the bearded lady. Instead, you're doing radio with me. Come on, Booth. You blew this one. You blew it.
1: I know. <laughs> I look back on that moment very often. Oh,
4: I'm dying laughing. <laughs> the, the,
1: one, the one that got away. You know?
4: <laughs> <laughs> when you mean one, you're talking about a tooth. You're talking about one tooth. <laughs> <laughs> the one that got away.
1: It was, it was quite, uh Uh, Oh, that's amazing. A pickup line that probably wasn't the strongest.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Lisa Booth is on the line. I'm having a good time. Did you laugh at, okay, so Saki leaves last Friday. One of her parting shots was she claimed with a straight face that Biden came up with the phrase MAGA King. Now again, I believe, I, I'm capable of believing he did just because it's such a bad idea by him and his political instincts are awful, but the fact that it was a focus group that spent six months saying, hey, this is how we'll turn things around. We'll just yell MAGA until people vote for us. Like, yo, when the, when the economy's bad and we're out of baby formula, it's gonna to take a little more than a nickname to get people to vote for you, no? Know?
1: Well, I, I just I am constantly asking myself, is this real? Because some of the things we have gone through as a society just, like, it can't possibly be reality. And this is one of those things. It took you six months in, like, focus groups or whatever, all this money. Who knows how much money they spent on consultants to come up with Ultramaggot, which actually sounds awesome. <laughs> it and it sounds like some sort of really cool band or beer <laughs> or, like, just something you really want to be a part of. Or Maggot King, Makes Trump sound amazing like that. That like he should own that and be like, yeah, I am the MAGA king. And then if you go on Twitter, there's all these funny memes about it with like Trump looking like you know. So it's like so he's actually doing Mm -hmm. conservatives a favor. He's doing uh, you know people who support the MAGA movement, America First, a favor. Well, they love it. Just making us all look way cooler. (laughs)
4: They 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 love it. They love it so much. Like Trump is actually in talks with Disney to make a Lion King spinoff as we speak. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) The I'm, sure, kink, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sure we'll be watching a trailer for it in the next five minutes if you're out there in America right now. But it's, it's fascinating. And did you see Kamala talking about working together? I haven't played the audience the clip yet, but I'm going to. But I, I don't know if they laid off the, the speechwriters or if there ever were speechwriters, but she is the most uncomfortable person in front of a microphone I've ever seen.
1: Well, she is also just has an innate ability to say everything without saying anything. <laughs> she just <laughs> goes on and on. And it's like, uh, I think I was retweeting someone today or the other day who said that uh, it's like she failed to read her book. Like yeah, it's yeah. like a book report and she failed to, you know, like <laughs> it's just, she just goes on and on. And you're like, I have no idea what you're even trying to say. You make no valid points. But then she sits there, tries to act so like indignant and serious and da, da, da. But then she never inevitably says anything of substance. Well, that's sort of her, right? She's just a woman of no substance who was basically given the position because Joe Biden wanted to check some boxes, mm-hmm. and she checked those boxes, and he chose her.
4: It's so spot on true. Uh, next time, she should just make a diorama. Remember when back in the day, instead of reading the book, you could just make like, like, here's a little scene from the book that I'd like to depict? The next time they ask her a question, she should just answer by playing with toys. I don't know. I don't know what to do here. It's not pretty. Can I
1: tell you a funny story? Yeah. So there was a class in college, and uh, like he would call on us randomly, and you would have to basically explain the, uh, you know, your assigned reading to Mm -hmm. the class, and that was also how we checked attendance. And then I like basically Mm -hmm. sent him an email, was like, oh yeah, I'm sick, I'm not going to be in class today. Was like, I think it was the last class of the, Mm -hmm. the um, semester. And he responded, he was like, Lisa, somehow by the grace of God, you have a perfect dependence. and He's like, I think we, we both know you got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Like,
4: not sure how I managed that, but yeah. <laughs> wow. That no no, that's that's impressive. I wish I wish I could say the same. I once I once cut bowling class <laughs> at community college, which I mean what a dirtbag you have to be that you can't go bowl a few frames. But listen, Lisa Booth. Well, I drank moonshine before
1: going to bowling class, so you
4: know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where did all the time go? We were really getting into some deep <laughs> stuff here. Oh my goodness. This I had no idea. I that I, I showed up to a radio interview and an intervention broke out. I had no idea. Idea. No, no, um, kidding. no, no. I was, You're the greatest. I back in my youth, Jimmy, I'm an adult now. Oh, you're all grown up. Well, listen, if you <laughs> want people to believe that, you should stop coming on this show, except I don't want you to come on. <laughs> I don't want you to. Um, have a good podcast today. We'll catch up sooner, right, champ? Thank you.
1: Take care, my friend.
4: You're the best, Lisa. There she goes, the great Lisa Booth. There we go. Back after this.
7: It's the children's classic that's making movies great again. Donald Trump stars in The Mega King. Hello, everyone. The king has returned. The president of the United States is completely nuts. We all these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, You know the you know the thing. You don't even know who you are. And only one man can save us now. The Great, the great Maga, MAGA king. king. Can the king help Joe Biden find his marbles, or will he lose his way against the Russian kleptocracy? Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah kleptocracy, the guys who are the kleptocracies. (laughs) Lie down before you hurt yourself. The Mega King, starring Donald Trump. I'm really rich. And Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Now playing in... Mexico, Japan, China. I love China. And coming soon to... Puerto Rico. We love Puerto Rico.
3: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Fired up in the next hour, Will Kane, the co-host of Fox & Friends Weekends. He will stop by, class the join up. But his opening act, uh, she hails. She's in France right now. And uh, somehow she has snuck past security, and we're putting Linda back on the air. Yo, Linda!
9: <laughs> Jimmy, you always surprise me.
4: Hey, girl. Uh, well, the last time you were on, right, uh, you get on the phone with me. And I'm like, Linda, we only have a minute, but we love you. We're going I to commercial it. break. And then you tell me the most dramatic abortion story I've ever heard. And I we just have to, like, hang up and be like, all right, free concert tickets to the 99th caller. It was, uh, it was yeah, weird. Yeah,
9: it's been kind of – yeah, and several people called me, and I've had a really – Crappy week because I've just been going. What the hell did I just? Sorry, I keep using these bad yeah, words. No, no. Listen to me. <laughs> Remember this, I Linda. There,
4: there are no judgments on this show, and nothing you ever I say. Know. The joy of our show is no one ever sounds crazy or out of line because I'm the host, and as long as I'm here, the rest <laughs> of you are going to sound normal. That was the point of them giving me a show. Is it's empowering to yeah. listeners. I'm the biggest mess on this phone call. With all due respect to you, who is a huge mess, but take it away. Where are yeah. we on this uh, issue?
9: Well, first off, one thing I want to say before I tell you the other stuff is that france um there it's fourteen weeks mm-hmm. the abortion law, yeah. and when I try to tell them it's up until birth. And even after, nobody believes me. No, I I, know. I have to actually give them posts and go, no, no, there's no way that the United States would allow that. I'm going, oh, yeah, they do.
4: Dude, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Democratic states would let you abort a fifth grader if you wanted to. It's psychotic, Linda. It, oh, I mean probably. I mean, we have abortion laws that are on a level with North Korea and China. I mean, that's bananas. That's, no no right? one in Europe has exactly. this. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
9: So, no, no, people just don't believe me, and I have to provide all these stats. But anyway, last time I was on... Um, I shared some really revealing stuff that was hard for me to reveal, mm-hmm. um, but i didn't I did it in such a rush, and I was nervous that mm-hmm. i didn 't provide the right context mm-hmm. so anyway, what I said was I had an abortion when I was in my twenties um, and um I became a Christian after that mm-hmm. so because I was dealing with so much guilt that I learned of grace and forgiveness, and um when I talked about Uh, that I celebrate her birthday, what I mean is, or what I meant is that I believe a child is created by God and planned long before they're even conceived. I I mean, I I believe that. Mm -hmm. So by God's grace, a child aborted has a birthday in heaven. Mm -hmm. So I know, for example, I I, mean, I was dealing with all this grief and then telling you about my guilt and all this other stuff. But the thing is, is that the beautiful part of it is I'm forgiven and I believe 100% of my soul, I'm going to meet the child I aborted in heaven. Wow. And I believe that. I believe that, uh, anyway, there's hope.
8: Well, there is
4: hope. <laughs> it doesn't Yeah, it
9: doesn't give us an excuse to do it, mm -hmm. but it does give us hope. When we 're dealing with the guilt
4: afterwards, yeah, no, no question, and believe me that our time on this earth is so fleeting that you 're really not supposed to submerge yourself in guilt and hold yourself hostage to to those emotions because the whole point of being alive is to find joy and spread it you know that 's why I say every day exactly. i'm like a force multiplier of positive energy on this show. why else would I be putting drunks on my show from <laughs> France in the middle of the day and
9: Jimmy yeah and Jimmy. Well, the middle of the day it's in the middle of the day for you yeah yeah yeah,
4: exactly
5: 9
9: p.m for me Mm -hmm. but that's why because the thing is is that no matter what's going on in my life Mm -hmm. i do have joy because of the way i live my life but Mm -hmm. you bring every single time i listen to you on the radio the joy you
4: bring oh girl oh linda come on i'm gonna get emotional we only have eight seconds left (laughs) at least we left on a high note this time i love you baby girl be well back in the next hour with will kane after this.
3: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world,
4: broadcasting, as we always do from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not going woke. Everything woke turns to And apparently, the people running Netflix have finally figured it out. We're going to discuss it in this hour. With the great Will Kane, co host of Fox and Friends Weekends, uh, Fox News contributor, guy who makes a lot of brilliant points on the telly on the Will Kane podcast, uh, and a guy who is going to travel inside a discussion I had earlier today with the fine folks on America's Newsroom. Myself, Bill Hemmer, Dana Perino. Uh, if you miss the hit, it is on our Fox Across America Facebook page. Uh, but you don't need to go there. You're still welcome here in the next hour at 888-788-9910. Either way, wherever you are, however you consume this content, you could be one of those yahoos who listens at night before bed or, you know, where you're cooking meth in the Winnebago Walter White style. I don't care how you roll. All I say is you be a Republican, you be a Democrat. Just don't be a. That is all. And as it pertains to this Netflix story we're going to discuss in this hour, there were a lot of people inside of Netflix that were being a. And the executives are done with it for a multitude of reasons. But at the tippy top of this hour, this is what you need to know, okay, about what's going on in this country. There was a massive, and I do mean this, there's a massive sea change underway right now in America where for the first time in our lifetime the left is losing the culture war they're losing it completely they have alienated so many otherwise you know reasonable objective people who might even be liberals but are just patently embarrassed by association with a party That has become a grievance movement, a grievance movement based entirely in emotion with nothing to do with fact.
2: He's a lousy
4: dad, but he's right. Like what happens is when you're operating from a place of emotion, you don't realize that what you're doing sounds crazy which is why, you know, Democrats are out there with a straight face telling you straight up, oh, there's no biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis,
7: girls have a vagina.
4: Everybody knows that, okay? Three weeks ago, before the SCOTUS draft leak, opinion got leaked, we were told men can get pregnant. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. And most people were like, wait, what? Men can... Men can get pregnant? They're crazy. Okay, they are because they're operating from a place of emotion. People got behind that. They then went from men can get pregnant to men shouldn't have an opinion on abortion because it's a woman's right to choose. And you're like, wait, if it's a woman's right, that means we're finally acknowledging that men can't get pregnant. (laughs) Okay, but for a while there, they were a party claiming they could. They are a party right now that the abortion war is raging, is telling you my body, my choice. Okay, but what were they telling you a few weeks ago as it pertains to the vaccine? You got to get this vaccine. We don't care if it's your body or your choice not to. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And a lot of base people, basic people who aren't really politically active, who could go in either direction, have come to see the left, specifically the Democratic Party, as the party of hysteria, as the party of stupidity, as the party of social pressure that doesn't get its way through factual debate, but through censorship and character assassination. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. You know, and a good example today would be, you know, what happened in Buffalo over the weekend. We get this horrific shooting. Just awful. And there's no place in society for this type of violence, uh, no matter who commits it. But as you would imagine, today's one of those days where the entire of the media is all over the fact that they're trying to blame this on the NRA. They're trying to blame this on conservative commentators. They're trying to blame everything, everything but the shooter. That's true. That is true. We should be talking today about what a dirtbag this is. How do we stop dirtbags like this from doing it again? You know, instead, what are we talking about? Oh, it's the right wing. Oh, it's the NRA. Yo, none of those people, none of those people shot up a Buffalo supermarket over the weekend. Sadly, tragically, a dirtbag did. And that dirtbag should die in prison or at the hands of some type of prison state sanctioned firing squad for my money. We don't need them. It's addition by subtraction. But again, the Democratic Party has thrown so much effort into just blaming other people, into weaponizing any type of tragedy or adversity to push their own agenda. Gas is expensive. Get one of our electric cars. Never mind that if you can't afford gas, you can't afford an electric car. They do this. Oh, inflation's got you down. Get an abortion. You won't have so many kids. The people in charge of our culture are emotionally stunted and weird. I mean, really think about the fact that that comment made sense to Democrats. Katie Porter, flat out, California rep, well, you know, I think inflation underscores the need for abortion. You know how hard it is to find a sitter these days. Why not just kill the kid instead? You don't need to pick up a double shift that way. Why manage your money when you just take these kids, get rid of them? I mean, it's bananas. Janet Yellen flat out said to Tim Scott. So Tim Scott, you understand how patently infuriating this is and disgusting and dismissive of the achievement of Tim Scott. Tim Scott's a South Carolina senator. He's the first black American to serve in both houses of Congress. He grew up in South Carolina, the deep south. The son of a single black mother at the absolute bottom of the socioeconomic scale in society, a man who through the hard work and sacrifice and gritty determination of his mom grew up to find his way in the world on a level that very few of us ever will. I mean, Tim Scott is a historic figure. Do they have anything at all to say positive about Tim Scott and the Democratic Party? The answer would be no. No, the people who tell you they're the party of racial progress and inclusion. When Tim Scott actually gave a rebuttal to Joe Biden's State of the Union, he was greeted on Twitter with the hashtag Uncle Tim. And the Democrats with a straight face like, oh, this guy's a sellout. He's garbage. Ignore him. Okay, that's what they did. That is offensive. And it is not true. It is not true what they said about him. And it is offensive. Harris Faulkner's right. She'll be on the show this Wednesday. Okay, understand these are disgusting people. And when you're operating from a place of emotion, emotion will often deny you the self-awareness that should tell you you sound like a nut to everybody else. But because the Democratic Party has become the party of grievance, they have alienated so many people who would otherwise support them because we had a word growing up. We had a word for people who were offended by everything, every single thing that went on. They had to make it about them and their offense. The word we had for those people was, <laughs> that was the word. <laughs> like, oh, that guy was offended at everything? He's a, <laughs> that was the word. Okay, and Netflix now realizes Okay, that it's crushing, crushing their bottom line right now. They lost over 200,000 subscribers. Their stock price plummeted because people don't go to streaming services for woke grievance politics. They want to escape from the adversities of everyday life, not be reminded of them every time they try to watch a video. So Netflix got crushed and they finally realized in a post-Dave Chappelle world, because if you remember all of their – Workers protested. We're going to get rid of Dave Chappelle. He's transphobic. That is a fact check false. Dave Chappelle's comedy special that was so controversial ended the special in the actual special. The one that's so offensive, he announces that he has set up a scholarship fund for the children of a trans comic who was the focus of his special. That's the feel-good thing at the end as he's talking about his relationship with the trans community And how he had a trans comic open for him, okay, and how that comic ultimately did wind up committing suicide later in life. But because he had such a bond with the trans community in this specific comic, it inspired him to set up a scholarship fund for the kids, Now, nobody who was protesting Chappelle knew that because they weren't protesting because they were genuinely offended. They were protesting because protesting and being offended, it gets you something in corporate America.
3: He knows what he's talking about.
4: We're living in an era of incentivized grievance. If you show up to Netflix or any other corporate boardroom and go, I don't like it, then all of a sudden the CEO has to give you something or he's a transphobe or a homophobe. There's a major sea change going on, though, in that corporations now realize you can't run a company this way. If every time one person in your company has a political gripe, with something that's going on in a state or somewhere in the country, you now have to put out an, uh, a statement taking their side and apologize, saying you need to be a better leader. That, that, that takes all the energy away from churning out great content and being a productive streaming service. You're now a political activist. And if you must know, you can thank Disney and the woke lunatics who hijacked Disney for Netflix now standing up to the people in its party, in its ranks anyway – Who are part of the woke mafia. They now realize the dumbest thing they can do is get involved in politics because they're going to alienate half the country, number one. Number two, they're usually going to be wrong. When it comes to the political argument they're waging, correct the mundo. Think about what happened to Disney and their CEO, Bob Chapek. If you remember, he had to read that statement that read like a hostage situation. That was embarrassing. Oh, I'll be a better ally to the gay community. We've got to do more to fight Florida's don't say gay bill. Yo, that was a lie. Their company got hijacked. Because the woke lunatics within the company said Florida's banning gay people. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, Florida's don't say gay bill, never mention gay people once. It said what? Okay, we do not want to teach sex ed to kindergartners. We do not want to teach sexual identity to kindergartners because, at an age where they're learning to add numbers, we shouldn't be teaching them to subtract their penis.
0: What the hell did you just say? Okay,
4: bottom line, and that's not exactly what they said, but the point is okay, back in the day, If somebody wanted to talk to your kindergartner about sex ed, your reaction would be, what the hell is wrong with you? Seriously, if someone said, no, 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 we got kindergarten tomorrow. Instead of, you know, chocolate milk and nap time, we're going to teach your five-year-old that he can get gender reassignment surgery. You know what your reaction as a parent would have been?
3: I'll break you in half like a little toothpick.
4: You would have turned into Hulkamania. Okay, but the Democrats don't realize how psychotic their side sounds to reasonable people. Understand what a massive sea change it is for Netflix to flat out be telling woke employees to shut up. That's the memo. The memo flat out says if you're bothered by some of our content, you should look for work somewhere else. That's what they said. <laughs> Because understand this. This is the thing, and this is where the outrage mob has lost the room. Okay? It lost the room. If you don't like a comedian's joke, if you don't like an actor in a sitcom, if you don't like the politics of a cable news show, are you ready for this? Are you ready? You don't have to watch it. Oh, wow. But all of these grievance lunatics who, again, aren't offended – They're acting offended so they can get currency. The people who protested and picketed Dave Chappelle's special clearly didn't watch it because it's an hour about him discussing the trans community. He tells a joke about how some of the activists can be too sensitive. They responded to criticism that they were too sensitive by protesting. This is like someone calling you an alcoholic and you respond by chugging a keg of beer. You're kind of making their point. It's a cell phone. But the people were getting offended not because they wanted to help but because they knew there would be currency to be gained. And that's why this massive sea change is taking place, where corporations are deciding to back down from political involvement a little bit because they realize, number one, there's nothing to gain, but number two, the people they're placating are lying. They don't even know what they're talking about. Florida never tried to ban gay people. Okay, but Netflix was in the process of banning viewers for all intents and purposes because they were alienating everybody with all of the woke garbage they were producing. They now realize that now. The left is starting to realize that. Some of them are trying to distance themselves from, you know, the cancel culture, you know, the woke crowd, because it isn't ending good for any of them in polite society. There is a cultural sea change. Conservatives, for the first time ever, are winning the culture war. It is cooler to go on Gutfeld than it is to go on Colbert. It is cooler to go on Gutfeld than it is to go on The Tonight Show. We have more viewers. When I'm on Greg's show tomorrow night doing stand-up, Okay, when I grew up in comedy in New York, the biggest thing you could do is get a late night spot. Like if you get on Conan, get on Letterman, you get on Leno. That was it. That was like the ultimate notch in your belt. Okay, wow, this guy did Letterman. That's amazing. Well, tomorrow night I'm doing a show bigger than Letterman, bigger than any of these shows. And it's only that way because the people on the left completely lost the country.
7: It's the film collection that's got audiences virtue signaling. The Biden-Harris administration presents Woke Movies. The words of a president matter. All the Hollywood classics have been remade to meet today's gender-free standards. From Julia Roberts in Pretty Person. Big mistake. Big. Huge. To Marlon Brando in The Godparent. I have a sentimental weakness for my children and I spoil them as you See. You're lying to yourself if you don't want to see Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Them. You can't handle the truth! And the animated classic, cisgender Lady in the Tramp, will have all the kids at your place. And I love kids jumping on my lap. Woke Movies, the first Oscars ceremony where everybody gets a trophy. I can't deny
5: the fact that you like me right now!
3: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: Saki told lies all the time, covered up for hunters' crimes. Biden is a man who's lost all his marbles. Crisis, seem okay. She's so dead inside, her soul was so empty, then she realized TV would pay plenty, Osaki. Oh, well, you came and you lied to our faces. Got a giant payday, Osaki. Oh, well, you covered for Biden's disgraces.
4: Now you're going away, oh, Yes, Jen Saki has left us at the White House podium. She'll be over at MSNBC doing some cable newsing of her own. Uh, one of the many things we will discuss with Will Kane in the last break. Uh, But of course, Jen Psaki's time in the White House would not have been complete without one final lie. Here she is claiming Joe Biden came up with the ultra MAGA nickname. It's just my favorite. It's clip six.
2: And I think the contrast is something the president has obviously had a good time doing. People have asked, where did he come up with ultra MAGA? Where did he come up with, what did he call President Trump, big big MAGA? I don't know. The king of MAGA? This is all. He he is he is having a, a good time being out drawing the contrast, and I think you will see many much more of that. And and that I think will be helpful in sharpening for the public what the choices are. I mean, girl, please stop talking right
4: now. That's embarrassing. Joe Biden didn't come up with the nickname "Ultra Maga." We have reporting out of the Washington Post that says a focus group spent six months honing the term "Ultra Maga" to help biden's poll numbers you gotta do better than that uh, i mean and then some but so long jen saki we will we'll miss you uh will kane is here though to comfort us in our time of need next
3: reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon.
4: oh yes it is we are so fired up to talk to this next guest we're actually lucky we were able to wrangle this guy because he's out spending his winnings from the big Dallas Mavs win in Game 7. He is the co-host of Fox & Friends Weekends, a superstar Fox News contributor, host of the critically acclaimed, internationally renowned Will Cain podcast. Will Cain is here. Hey, man. What is up, Jimmy? Uh, the, the Mavs are up. Uh, did, did you cash in on that Mavs money?
10: I cashed in by staying up and sleeping four hours last night. It was a huge Game Seven Sunday, but I had to stay up for all of it. Winning with the Mavs and losing with the Stars, but it was a wonderful day. So fun,
4: so fun. Will, They're so good. Will, Will King, I had a choice because I was trying to decide: Do I bring you in on the positivity of the Mavs or the negativity of the Stars? But you have such integrity as a broadcaster that you wouldn't admit that one negative uh, to your campaign, <laughs> which I respect. That Will King.
10: Well, I just had to be authentic with the audience. What I did last night, I stayed up. But I will say, my glee over the Mavs definitely outweighs my agony over the stars. They look so good. And I know everybody watching and -hmm. listening is here for a big sports breakdown on the Mavericks (laughs) winning Game 7 and setting up a huge battle in the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. But Mm -hmm. I'm still a child at heart, Jimmy. I love sports.
4: I love it about you. It's my favorite thing about talking to you, man. Um, Listen, I I am a, as you know, I grew up in a big uh, New York sports house. Um, and for us, there it's as hard as it is to fathom for a lot of younger people, I grew up in an era where the Knicks were competitive. You know, like when I was a kid in the 90s, I mean, our, our, our salad days were us losing the Eastern Conference Finals to the Bulls every year. But there was yeah. the one year Jordan went to ride around and play blackjack on, on minor league buses and swing a baseball bat, where we got by Scottie Pippen with some help from Hugh Hollins in the East Coast Finals, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. So I I, I get it. Like, I, I mess with the Mavs, and I'm actually – I'm rooting for them. I, I, I'd like to see them beat Golden State, and I have no love for the Celtics, you would imagine, as a guy who grew up in a Knicks house. Yeah,
10: and I remember those days as well, only to go on to lose to the Houston Rockets, which I have no love for the Rockets, but just a historical observation. Man, listen, let me just say this, this mm-hmm. and we'll leave this with mm-hmm. – if you want, but um, <laughs> the thing about the Mavs and watching them is they really do have this player that everybody – is going to be a household name, mm-hmm. and, and Luka Doncic is – to watch this kid play basketball is to watch a human at the height of achievement in in other words, he just he's mastered whatever this sport is he 's <laughs> mastered it and he 's playing on a different level and he's it's like I love guys who can play sports Jimmy in a way where it 's like they they're time travelers yeah. and and they 're only time travelers by a matter of seconds. they live three seconds ahead of everyone else and he lives three seconds before it happens at all times he can see it and then therefore make it happen it's it's like it's amazing it's watching a wizard who yeah. who is who is living in a different time zone
4: no he's amazing chris uh, he is uh, to be fair donchick is the closest thing we have to bo jackson and tech mobile in real life <laughs> <laughs> did you play those bo jackson raiders back oh, in yeah. the day
10: Oh yeah, yeah. You had to have Bo Jackson. I mean, you (laughs) fought with your buddy over who gets the Raiders.
4: (laughs) It was was the little
10: thing. He's unstoppable.
4: (laughs) You had either Bo Jackson, or if you had Lawrence Taylor on the Giants, who I'm, you know, for the for the kids listening at home, LT was like my my NFL hero. I consider him the greatest uh, defensive player of all time. But uh, LT did have some, you know, some issues with substance. Uh, Oftentimes at the Meadowlands, we were missing the 30 yard line. Uh, because someone <laughs> snorted it. But you know what? Those championship banners ain't going to hang themselves, Will Kane. <laughs> Thank you. No, they're, not. Let, they're me, not. let me get you out of this. Uh, something I talked about on America's Newsroom today, and I saw you do a stellar hit with Harris Faulkner, uh, but I wanted to get into this uh, specifically as my hit, and we can do Harris stuff too, but there's a big sea change going on in the country when a corporation like Netflix tells its, employ- its woke employees to shut up. And I think they've recognized that popular sovereignty is not with the outrage crowd, something we've known for years, but it has been a tyranny of the minority that was successful for the better part of four years. They've been shaking down corporations. But do you think, and this is my question, do you think Disney, in injecting itself into Florida politics, kind of became ultimately, you know, what Netflix is realizing is, hey, this was supposed to be, this was the moment we were all supposed to wake up in corporate boardrooms and realize this woke thing is a loser for all of us. Do you think that's what started this?
10: I definitely think it was a major factor. Mm-hmm. I think Ron DeSantis put the fear of God in a lot of corporations. There's a price to pay, mm-hmm. and they operated under the paradigm that there wasn't for a long time. Well, that's not true. They operated under the presumption there was only one price to pay, and it was fear of mutiny of your employees and branding in the public square as racist, bigoted, homophobes. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, following incentive and maybe some ideology as well, meaning maybe they actually believe some of this crap mm-hmm. – they follow the incentive structure to say, let's do this. Otherwise, everyone's going to call us you know, Nazis. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Ron DeSantis says, you know what? But if you choose that path, we're not going to be friends with you anymore. We're not going to give you all of these perks we've been giving you. It's not really – it shouldn't be a one-way relationship. And so now the incentive structure changed. But the reason I say only in part is, mm-hmm. look, Netflix's stock price is down. Mm-hmm. Their subscriptions are down. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's all because of you know yeah. this kind of woke politics but i don't think they can ignore it either and yeah. say and say that it is definitely not any because of it yeah. so i think all of those incentives are in place and then one last thing i have accused corporate america of being spineless and weak and i think they are mm-hmm. i don't know if it's true to their nature or if it's an epidemic what i mean is You don't really get to be the CEO of major American corporations by sniveling your way to the top. Mm -hmm. You don't usually get there by being spineless, but there's been some kind of epidemic of spinelessness once you're there. Mm -hmm. So what I'm getting at is I'm sure that a lot of these CEOs are tired of taking orders from the cubicles. Mm -hmm. right? I'm sure they're tired of living in fear of the
4: HR department.
10: And sooner or later, they go, you know what? I got hired – to make money yeah. and make this a good product. Maybe I should get back to it.
4: That's a great point. We're talking to Will Cain, host of the Will Cain podcast, co-host of Fox and Friends on the Weekends. I think that's it right there is there's so much energy now being allocated to the grievance of the week club that a lot of CEOs are like, yeah, we can't do this. Because one of the interesting observations uh, you know, of late is that they're not really that involved with this abortion debate as you'd expect them to be, which means internally, there had to be some kind of a calculus that this isn't gonna work for us. And I do think you make the brilliant point of, it's exhausting. To have to get out yeah. of bed every Monday morning and know that there's three cubicles down the hall that are going to have you fired and call you a transphobe if you don't get mad at Dave Chappelle. But what I find so funny about the people who get outraged at Dave Chappelle is, yo, Will, you know this, I know this, that content is on demand. You can't watch that content without demanding to watch it. So if you don't <laughs> like it, you don't have to watch it. And I think that's the common sense takeaway that is ultimately sunk in, and it's why the outrage mob just doesn't have any power. It's because they have the option of tuning out what they'd be outraged by.
10: Now here's the question. Is this a tipping point that is definitional for the culture mm-hmm. or is it that it's actually, you know, sort of like a not a stone but but like a, a reed in the middle of the river. What I mean is mm-hmm. we're we're talking about this at the same time that the government's just launched a, disin, launched a disinformation mm-hmm. ministry of truth. Mm-hmm. We're we're talking about this at the same time that um, there is a massive pushback against Elon Musk's potential yeah. purchase of Twitter. So we know that there are powers that be and cultural forces that don't want to live in a world that, even though it may be on demand, you're allowed to hear and say what you want. Mm-hmm. So I don't know yet. It, it could be. And you know, there was this tragic news over the weekend. You said yeah. that I um, I talked about it on Faulkner today. But like moments like. What happened this past weekend, and the fact that the shooter in Buffalo was rattle- radicalized with perhaps online content, mm-hmm. you know, falling down the 4chan rabbit hole or whatever he did, mm-hmm. is going to probably give the left a good amount of fuel to go back in on. We need to control what people are reading, seeing, and saying.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I could see i I agree with that because this is usually where they you know the term they don't like online is pounce you know conservatives pounce, but does anybody pounce more opportunistically off a tragedy than the left
10: no, and we we know we know, and we've already seen some of the push begin it's you know the the standard practice the standard operating procedure on the pounce is guns yep. in a moment like this, go after guns, so yep. that's going to happen it's already begun to happen. Joe Biden, I'm sure, will push forward with that. Now mm-hmm. he looks for anything to pivot off of I know. <laughs> every other conversation. To be honest, yeah. but um, yeah, I, and I think the Democratic Party's been doing that—that—that that, that pouncing, as you say, on every crisis, mm-hmm. and, and it's been—it's been a. Pounce to shove your agenda regardless of crisis. We've got an inflation crisis. Push corporate taxes. You know, and, and that's one of a dozen examples.
4: Oh, yeah. You can't buy gas. Get an electric car. I mean, you know what the thing is, man? It, it, it is fascinating, by the way, that they tried to you know weaponize electric cars on the back of the gas crisis because Elon Musk, who the man they now consider to be the devil, is the biggest electric car manufacturer in the world. But on some level, okay, because the Teslas are badass. They do cool things. But I still consider electric cars to be like vehicular vehicles. Veganism and that you've got to work it into the first sentence of every conversation. Do you still find (laughs) that in your travels? I don't
10: find many people that own them, but I think that's right. (laughs) Uh, I actually really don't. I don't encounter many. I live in Texas, you know, so Mm -hmm. I. I know more people that own f-150s than electric cars i really don't think i know anybody that owns an electric car by the way i don't it's crazy think of one off the top of my head but it is like harvard you said it's like veganism it's like how long do you have to hang out with the dude that went to harvard before he tells you he went to harvard
4: (laughs) usually not very long that's a that's that's the nice thing about me is i very rarely crowbar nassau community college into the conversation
10: (laughs) and they always say it in the same way by the way where'd you go to school boston Okay. There's a lot of schools in Boston, but that's the euphemism. That's the that's the like preppy way to say you went to Harvard. You know, like the understated rich way to say it that's that's old money of education. You know what I mean? Like not flashy new money. That's not the guy that's not flaunting your education like a Ferrari. That's like I went to school in Boston. Yeah. Oh, you did. I'm Boston College. That's what I say from no one. I yeah. went. Oh, you, oh, BC. Yeah, that, a good football program. No, I'm sorry,
4: Harvard. <laughs> they make you fish for it too. It's not <laughs> enough to just get the validation. Yeah, no, I always, I always counter and brag that I went to Harvard State. Which is, you know, not quite Harvard, but uh, you know, we all got to start some. We all got to start somewhere. Um, really quick, um, if you hired a consulting firm, uh, gave them six months of wages, and they came back to you with Ultra Maga or Maga King, are you paying the bill, Will Kane?
10: I want to know. Hey, where did Super come in? If it, yeah. was it second? Was it a big gap between Ultra and Super MAGA?
4: (laughs) I I love that they turned into Gatorade flavors. There's like MAGA Arctic Blast, you know, Extreme MAGA, MAGA Sport. But it's so like it's so desperate because it's like internally they're saying, all right, we have no deliverable. We have the midterms coming. We have no deliverable to the voter. We're just going to find fun ways to say MAGA. Is that what we're down to now?
10: I don't even know if it works, but for some reason, since this story has come out, there's this scene in The Big Lebowski that keeps coming back to my head. Where, mm. you know, the dude's car has been stolen yep. and you know used as a toilet by by homeless vagrants, and he gets back and he says to the officers, "Like, I mean, man, do you do you have any leads or anything like that?" He goes, "Leads, leads. Yeah, we got a team of guys down at the department working on this." Like. What's the team of guys that were working on Ultramaga? Like, what was that conference room like? I want to see that team.
4: And, and thinking back on what – yeah, no, this is not much of a – not exactly the 92 Dream Team, if that's what we're discussing. Uh, it's more of the uh, the Michael Keaton movie where the people escape the Nuthouse. that movie, The Dream Team. No, it's a mess. And uh, I, I think the next couple of months are going to be really entertaining. Uh, but in terms of the desperation, you know, we really are in garbage time in a presidency – and we're not two full years into it.
10: Yeah, but it's not even halftime. Yeah, yeah. it's
4: cra- it's crazy. You know, I mean, you yeah. won in a blowout last night, but you know, we've all seen those yeah, NBA. This is. yeah, exactly. No, that's what
10: this is. Did you watch the Mavs game last night? Of course. Night? The Mavs were up by thirty at halftime. Yeah, they were up by forty-six at one point. That's what this <laughs> presidency is. It's not even halftime, and the opposition's up by thirty, and they're not even shooting well. The opposition. No. They're not even. <laughs> they haven't even started to hit
4: their threes yet. <laughs> Doing anything good? It reminds me of like I growing up in the eighties, the Yankees had no pitching. And, uh, you know, Phil Rizzuto is a shortstop, and, you know, he played, played for the Yanks back in the day, and he was he was like, he was our John Sterling in that he would make home run calls and the ball would be caught by the second baseman. You know, it would be like, there's a drive to <laughs> left. Oh, actually, Willie Randolph <laughs> caught it. Sorry, I take that back. He was a mess, but, like, you could always tell, like, he would usually tell stories in the eighth or the ninth inning if there was, like, a lull and the game was a little bit of a blowout uh, before they brought in Dave Rigetti and a Ford Taurus, and he made things interesting. But we're at that point now where the announcers are being forced to tell stories in the second inning or in your <laughs> case, the second quarter, because you're right. It's there. We're down 40 at the half man and yelling yeah. Maga or shooting Maga out of a t-shirt gun. I don't think it's <laughs> turning this around. Will Kane.
10: It was DJ Rob Bass That came out at halftime last night in Phoenix and tried to entertain the crowd. Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rob Bass and It takes oh, two. It takes two. That's yes. literally, it was his job to come out at halftime. Last night with the Suns down 30 at half in the crowd. What a game. That's what, that's what Ultramaga is. That's your <laughs> halftime show,
7: folks. Welcome the second half.
4: Rob Bass probably should have went with Joy and Pain, uh, his other hit, because there was plenty of it. Uh, yeah. Will Kane, dynamite stuff as always. Wish me luck on the post fight drug test, but this is a great hang. I owe you big for this. All right, man. Thank well, you. Thanks, thanks, brother. Be well. Uh, be sure to listen to the Will Kane podcast. It's as good as anything we have here on the Fox platform. He's a beast. Uh, We're back after
3: this. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
7: It's the children's classic that's making movies great again. Donald Trump stars in The Mega King. Hello, everyone. The king has returned. The president of the United States is completely nuts. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the this you know the thing. And you don't even know who you are. And only one man can save us now. The great, great MAGA king. king. Can the king help Joe Biden find his marbles? Or will he lose his way against the Russian kleptocracy? Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy, the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> Lie down before you hurt yourself. The Mega King, starring Donald Trump. I'm really rich. And Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Now playing in Mexico, Japan, China. I love China. And coming soon to Puerto Rico. We love Puerto Rico.
4: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, as Will Cain was saying, it is garbage time. Actually, I was saying it. Will Cain was nodding along approvingly. Uh, But it is garbage time in the Biden presidency. We are not even two years into four. And the guy is all out of ideas. They're not focusing on deliverables for the American people between now and the midterms. They're yelling, literally yelling MAGA. Here is Biden doing it in Chicago, clip eight.
0: Remember those long lines you'd see on a television people lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget? People were hurting. And what did the MAGA crowd want to do? (laughs) Forget it.
4: Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Oh, he is so desperate. Biden sucks. (laughs) Well, remember the box of long lines? And what did the... uh, What did they tell me to say so I'd get my pudding cup? Oh, the MAGA crowd. What did the MAGA crowd say? Yo, dude, you got to do better than nicknames. You're talking about people lining up to get a box of food, which I don't even get the reference. But babies under your leadership don't have formula right now, Joe Biden. Okay, the idea that we're all going to get mad at MAGA instead. Not even close. Yo, it's a really desperate time in America. And we'll be fine. We'll have elections. you are all going to be okay. The Republicans are going to take back the Senate. They're going to take back the House. They're going to come through on about 3% of the promises they made. But the point is, they will stop the progressive lurch to the left, which at this point is really the biggest threat to our country. But we'll be back to turn it around and hold them accountable again tomorrow.
3: You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Sure
4: do. Party's over. See you tomorrow.